Welcome to another fun, adventurous episode of Low Vision Technology. We are your host, Chris and Haley, and we have a wonderful, amazing, beautiful, and endless adjectives I will use to describe our guest, which is Bettina. So, welcome to the podcast, no. Bettina. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I've been waiting for this one for a while. This is gonna be, this is gonna be fun. I would say so. So, to get things started, Bettina, would you like to tell us and our lovely listeners who will see this in the future, or listen to this in the future, I may add, about you? Hello? Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, there we go. Um, I'm sorry. So what I was asking was, would you mind telling our lovely listeners who will listen to this episode in the future a little bit about you? Sure. So um, I'm Bettina, and I'm a piano teacher that specializes in Braille music. And I teach in-person and online students. Wow. Nice. So what what made you get into what made you get into that? Well, actually, I was um, I started piano lessons very, very young and I stopped for a while, took a break. But then I got it in high school again. I started to pick it up and a mentor of mine who I had led me into teaching and she guided me into the profession. She taught me and that's how I'm able to have my job today. And I've been doing it for seven years now. Uh, can I ask just one important, valuable question? How do I get lessons from you? Because I know how to play, but I, I, I know I could be better. <laughs> sure. So there's a link that I send if you want to sign up. Uh, there's a website that I would send, and then you could, uh, you could also contact me via email as well. And I can, um, I don't know if I can put that on here, but then I could lead you to sign up. Uh, so what we can do is that if you don't mind us sharing that link of the sign up uh, in the, the social media post that we do when we share the episodes, I was just asking that for in general, just in case if someone like would want to do that, because... It sounds like you'd be an amazing teacher for someone to be taught by, because I know I would be. And I'm pretty sure Chris would be, too. You're right. You're absolutely right on that one. You are absolutely right. So, if you don't mind, um, at at some point, you can give us the information for that. And if you're okay with it, we could post that along with the episode link to the social media post on Facebook. Sure. Okay. Okay, because we can do that. Yep, that's that's, that's the easiest way to do it. Mhm. Cool. How did you get? How did you get into music in general? Well, I started music when I was about two or three. So apparently, I was at a, a saxophone lesson with my brother, and I walked up to the piano and started to play what the other students were playing. And that's when the teacher told my mom she really should be in piano lessons. And it started from there. And then I was off and on for a while. And then in high school, I found my mentor. And that's when I really uh, got going. And that's when I started to get serious about it. And then eventually I learned to teach. Cool. 
Wow. So no. what what inspired you to to one play the piano and what inspired you to teach piano because some people they may love to play the piano but then they might find it difficult to teach what if they're blind or visually impaired well i saw that there were so many people who really wanted to learn braille music and piano who were visually impaired and when my mentor helped me into it she actually had a student that i was assisting with and unfortunately passed away now but I had a, a, an assistant and it just inspired me and it made me realize that there's so many people out there who really love music and I wanted to give the passion that I was given by I wanted to give back to the people that needed me the most and the way that my mentor gave back to me I wanted to give back to others so you but you so you basically decide to pay it forward as, as, as it goes yes see so, from what I've always heard from anybody, they always tell me like a per- an individual always has a purpose in life. And I think, as I stated at the beginning of this episode, Bettina found her purpose is to play the piano, teach people how to play the piano, and just be a inspirational person for it. So, I, I softly, because I'm, I'm tapping on something really soft. I softly applaud you. <laughs> that probably could not. That probably could not be heard. So I'm sorry. Yes, <laughs> it could. It could okay, good. It was just me tapping on my leg, on my pants. So <laughs> that's all it was. Okay. So a case for someone who doesn't exactly know how to like write or read braille music. Could you briefly explain how to do it? How to do that? So braille music is based off of the the braille code that the blind people used to read. But the different symbols are used instead of letters, they're used to convey notes. So for example, uh, middle C on the piano is actually a D in literary braille. So a D in literary braille is is C in in music, and then vice versa. An E is a D, an F is an E, a G is an F. So that's how it works. Yeah, and then there's um, also lots of other symbols too to indicate what you're supposed to do in the music, uh, what they call dynamics, meaning that that gets loud and soft, and whether you're supposed to play loud, whether you're supposed to play soft, whether you're supposed to play medium. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of symbols that can notate that, and that it just takes the braille code and it transforms it into music. Because I was in band years ago now, um, back in middle and high school. And I remember reading Braille music as letters, um, the Braille letters D through J as the as the note letters. And there was like a few contractions in grade two Braille, like the SH symbol for the sharp symbol, DGH symbol for the flat symbol and stuff like that. I don't know if that's still the same or if that's changed over the years. I don't know. But last time when I read Braille music, that's what that was. So has that changed at all or is it still the same? I'm sorry. Is it still the is the like the is the coding for the braille music still the same? Like the sh symbol dot one four six still the sharp symbol, the one two six still the flat symbol. Is that still the same, or did they change that? Oh no, that's still the same. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I read it a long time ago, and I don't have access to braille, so unfortunately, I can't read braille music now, which kind of sucks because it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was. It was really interesting to read. 
so and so when you're learning braille music you have to learn the different combinations of the, of the symbols to get each note of the, of the song of, of the different songs yes you do yeah you have <laughs> to learn a different combination of symbols and it uses the same symbols as braille except that they're all changed up so a lot of the symbols that are used in contraction uh, contracted braille mm-hmm. those are used for the indications of, of different for example tempo and how fast you're supposed to play how loud how soft so it changes everything mm-hmm. it does hmm. that's what i remember from braille music for playing like the clarinet and the alto saxophone one year in high school that's how i could relate to that because we read braille music like that so you so basically what you're saying is you really had to be good at like braille contractions to understand what no- yes yep it, it helps because for example you can you can have it kind of fall back on them so you can say mm-hmm. okay well this braille contraction means this symbol but With, i've also yeah. taught people who don't know their braille contractions as well and they've learned it well also so they don't have to do grade two but i will definitely tell you that it helps Mm-hmm. Because then they have something to base it off of. It does. It does help. It's more. Co- you can comprehend. You can comprehend it more. So basically, the grade two is a is a foundation for the for the music part of. I would say so. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, if, like I mentioned before, if I was able to afford like an actual like professional piano lesson, I would totally do that because back in September of last year, I upgraded my keyboard. It was like the one I had before was like the beginner ones, like a, like a young, like a, like a young child would like play with and Mm -hmm. learn how to play piano. Like I would say like in elementary or middle school or something like that. But I was not in elementary school when I got the keyboard. I was like in sixth or seventh grade or so. But I upgraded to a keyboard that has 88 keys and has the weighted keys back in September of last year. And I love it. See, that's much better. Definitely. I mean, it's nice to have a keyboard to start with. And I always tell people that get a keyboard to start with because you don't know if you're going to want to play long term. And then if they do, they go to an 88 keyboard. Uh, Most of them can get either an electronic piano or a grand. But of course, you know, uprights and grands are very expensive. So most of them do electronic. But a a good keyboard is fine to start with. You don't have to have a piano. Because a lot of people are under that misconception. Do we have to have a piano? You have to at least have a keyboard. At least. You have to at least have, like, like, the first experience with a keyboard in order to, like understand the concepts and the use of a piano because it's like i would describe like a little bit more of like a advanced version of a keyboard <laughs> it's a piano so so, the, so so basically learning on the keyboard it's would it be as hard as it would a piano or is it or is it a good like starting off point is that what you're saying well it's a good starting point it's a very good starting point, actually. And now, once you get more advanced, you're going to want a bigger keyboard. 
mm-hmm. you know, yeah. say you take for a year or so and you realize, hey, this is what I really want. I want to get serious because some people will just take maybe for six, seven months and say, OK, I don't want it. But that's not it's not worth buying 88 key piano. But if you're going to be really serious about it, then definitely you want to do that. Absolutely. And actually, I told a few people this I believe on this podcast and on my my YouTube channel that I have that I write my own songs and I've been doing that since I was a teenager so I'm just trying to figure out how to play and sing at the same time because some people can do that and some people they have trouble and I have trouble with that but I'm working on it so yeah yeah it's just a, it's just something you have to keep practicing to learn. You, oh you yeah. Learn. Mm-hmm. So, on the, in keeping with that, what um, what kind of music was like the? Not, I'm not gonna say easy to learn, but what's the best kind of songs to start off learning? Like like classic or classical music or what? Well, I start off with some very very basic. Uh, normally I start with a method book mm-hmm. and there's a special book that I use and it's um, I'll normally stick with those and they have the basic classics you know, the, the very very just simple simple songs some you know some of them are nursery rhymes some of them are classical pieces and then once they get to a certain level I'll start giving them more advanced pieces that they can actually that have a lot of technique and so it just goes level by level and slowly but surely you'll get there and so I start out with classics, you know, very basic, basic renditions. Okay. What was, I guess, out of all the songs that you learned as you were learning and as the, as you as the teacher now teaching someone, what has been your favorite song to play on the piano? My, one of my favorites in my teaching would have to be the Bach Prelude 1 which is the very first prelude by Bach. And normally I that's something that one students will get more intermediate, but I, I've used that a lot and that's one of my favorites. Wow. That's cool. Have you ever um, taught people how to play Beethoven? Um, yes, actually. I've done uh, some Bach and uh, some Beethoven. Hmm. Wow. Hey, hey, Chris, that, that's better than me. Most of the times I just know how to play nursery rhymes. <laughs> that's a, but that's a good well, start. Well, but that's a start. That's a start. Right. I mean, because oh, a lot man. of the music that we do is just very basic once you start and then you move up. Somehow, I don't know how this happened, but because when it comes to learning by ear, I'm not so great. I had to like find like videos of asking like, how to play this such and such song by so and so on the on the piano, and I would be listening to those. But somehow it's not a, the exact way to play the song. But there was like two songs that I actually did keyboard covers of, and I was able to actually sing on top of it because it was just simple chords to play with, and it actually sounded pretty cool. So, hmm. so that worked out. That worked out well for me. <laughs> so. How, so how long would like each each uh, session or less lesson would be when you when you're teaching someone? How to Thirty play? minutes to an hour. Okay. 
And do you get like a lot of people saying like, that was really fun. Like, I would love to have another lesson with you. Or do they just say like, okay, thank you for the lesson. And one was enough. Or does uh, it no, vary? most of them come back. No, most of them will say, I really enjoyed it the first time or they'll just come back. So I've never, I mean, I've gotten a few that maybe they'll decide not to, you know, that because that does happen. But a majority, I mean, they come back for a second lesson, a third, and um, some of them will stay for years. I mean, I, I've had students that, you know, will stay three or four years sometimes. And then, of course, they move on. Maybe they go to college or they, but no, it, it can be long term. Wow. So so basically, it just depends on the, on the person, on the student who's doing it. Yes. Gotcha. Of, co- of course, we don't have to say names because that, that's not that's not what I'm, you know, re- like referring to. But out of all the students that you had over the years, what was the longest time frame you had a student? Like a year, five years, or do you not know? Three years. Currently, three years was my longest. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it's, hey, it, it, it must have been three years that um, that was very valuable to that student because they, they had a great teacher to, to show them the rope of the piano, so it worked. Yep, they came back for more. Exactly. So, I, I, I think that's great. Yep. Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just about to say, as far as, like, being a being a teacher slash slash mentor to people, uh, what advice or what advice would you give someone who wants to who wants to learn how to do it? Who wants to learn how to teach? Either, Either teach that or, or, or learn how to play. Play, yes. The best advice I can give is that if you put your mind to it you can do it practice makes perfect that's what i was told and i have learned that as well so the more you want something the more you practice the more that you put your heart into it the easier it'll be and it can also be fun you can also learn to play music that you like it's not always just method books either you can also learn um, different songs that you like as well there was actually this fun little um it was an instrumental song called um, peasant dance that I learned in my short time of piano lessons back in the ninth grade. And during our spring concert, I actually played the the three songs that I learned in my piano lessons for the spring concert, which I thought was really cool. So that wasn't a part of the original thing, but that's when the teacher's like, do you want to, you know, show what you learned and take part of the spring concert by doing that? I was like, yes. And that's exactly what I did, and it turned out by the time I stood for the piano and bowed, apparently I bowed sideways. <laughs> so instead of like bowing towards the audience in front of me, I did it like towards the right somehow. <laughs> don't ask. I don't know how, but that's that, that's just what happened. It was kind of funny, but it was also fun. I was really proud of myself when that occurred. Yeah, because you put you put your work into it. Mm-hmm. Just like Bettina just said, you got to put your heart into it. Put your you know, put all your, your time and energy into it to perfect what you were doing. Yep. 
By the way, I meant to ask this at the beginning, but I never did. Uh, do you mind talking to us about your eye condition? Sure. So I was born without my optic nerves. Um, it's called bilateral columboma. So pretty much uh, what happened was that I was born without them, which is what I see. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I've never heard of that one. Neither have I. That was new to me. Yeah, yeah, me too. Hmm. Um, so, another thing that, that I was wondering about, and Chris, you probably are too. So, not everybody, but most people, they have like their own catchphrases or their own expressions that they would always, you know, say to encourage people in life. What What is yours? Mine would be, you can do anything you put your mind to and never give up. Those are my two that I normally live by. Mm-hmm. And I'll also share that to my students as well. That is so true. Yeah. And with and with mine, I say it every time I do a song cover or do a keyboard cover or whatever I do. I always tell people, everyone has a talent and any type of skill is a talent, which that's so true. So like if someone is a good cook, that's that to me, that's a talent. To me, that's a good yep. skill that you have. So if someone says, I'm not talented, that's totally false. So if you're good at if you're good at something, then it's a talent that you have. Well, that's true. Everyone is good at something. We all have a gift and we should use it to to give back to others in any way that we can. That's the my main thing is to pay it forward, I believe. And the more we pay it forward, the more we use it to share and help others then the the better it is and the happier you become right exactly exactly i agree with that 100 percent. and yeah what is yours chris oh i I was mine says i say even if you don't have sight you do have sight because your mind's eye is your sight meaning that it helps you see the whole picture of, of life and what you're trying to do with your life that is also so very true i i can't even deny that one because if I tried to, that would fail miserably. <laughs> Which it would. So, <laughs> oh man. So, I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this has been a great interview. I feel like I learned a lot about Patina more than I didn't, than more than I've known before. Mm-hmm. And she's a very amazing and ex- inspiring person. And she's doing amazing and better things for others for the future and i'm yep. and i can't and i can't wait to hear for more so Me thank either. you so much so thank you so much for being on patina you're welcome and i also add that a lot of music actually has benefits there's also studies that show and you can find them online that music actually helps students in school with things like math and and it's been there's been some research that i actually found on the internet so it really helps. It's a it's a benefit to learn music, and also it really helps with the social experience too. Well, because you can make new friends, you can play for people, right? Well, it, yeah, th- that's why I wonder why a lot more schools don't don't encourage a, mu- a music program for school for schools. I wonder why. I would like I to know, know that why too. Either. Because I understand, I know some of my students will tell me that a lot of the schools are taking it out of their program. Mm-hmm. They're taking it out of the curriculum. And it's sad. I think it's very sad. It is. It's, it doesn't make any sense to me. Because, I mean, 
I mean, yeah, sure. Music may not be like the top priority, like reading, math, science, or anything else, but at least it gives the student the opportunity to learn how to express themselves through music, how to um, like show who they are through music, stuff like that. Not and not only that, because of the way the the, the symbols of the notes are. It improves. It can improve your reading skills and your and your math skills because you have to know the different combination of notes to to get each part piece of the music right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's why. That's why I feel that it's sad that music has been taken out of schools like that. Yeah. And also, besides just reading music, listening by, uh, learning how to play by ear is important too. If someone has the skill to do it, then they do. Some they they struggle with that, but they but people do try because they want to do that. So they they don't have to rely on sheet music, and that's what I try to do because I don't have sheet music. So that's why yeah. I try to listen to instrumentals and try to like slow down the. The speed of the instrumental just to like okay that's what that note is and so sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't so it just depends on what song it is yep so yep. but it's also a, it's also a challenge too to give yourself to for the just for you to give you something new to try so it works oh yeah this is this is like learning anything like whether it be how to work how to be an engineer, how to do braille, anything. If you, like, if you take the time to learn how to do it, you, you, you can perfect your own skills with it and, and help other people. Yeah. So, so do either one of you have any, you know, last last minute advice or encouragement you want to, you want to say to people? Uh, Bettina, do you have anything? I would just say that you you can do it. Anyone who wants to learn something, whether that be music or whatever it is, you can do it. And, and don't think that you can't. Because I hear a lot of people say, well, I've never had experience before. Or I've never, um, I'm not talented. You don't know that until you try. Right. Right. And I, and I would say, like, like, it was sort of said previously, like if you don't get into like an instrument like the piano, you can start like with a ukulele, a guitar. Sure. Oh yeah, so you don't have to just play even, just the piano. E- even even your voice, you can even um, experience how your voice ranges. It could you could be like a soprano, an alto, a tenor, a bass, or anything. So it don't just have to be just the piano. It don't have to be just be the the ukulele it can be anything yep and music is a gift as i would see because some people unfortunately they don't have access to music or anything else which i think is also sad mm-hmm. which is what which is why we as human beings and who have the gifted talent of music or who is willing to learn music can share that with other people so they can be experienced with music yeah so that's that's why i don't that's why I... I don't understand why a lot of these, a lot of people out here, they want to, they encourage people to do sports and stuff like that, but don't encourage them to, they, if they, they like want to do music, don't encourage them to keep going for it. I don't understand what, I don't understand that. 
I, I don't know either, but hopefully this this podcast episode that's that was based on music and the experience of teaching it and playing music will help give that chance and understanding for people to know music is important and I want to learn more about it. I want to get into it. So hopefully that 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 is the case. Yeah. You- so. No, Bettina, what do you think about what you said? Oh, absolutely. I agree. I really do agree. I don't know why music is taken out. And I understand that there's lots of science and technology that's being pushed. But I also think that music has its benefits, too. And it shouldn't be removed from the curriculum. Right. It may not be, like, the, like the main focus of the curriculum, but at least let it be there. So if people want to learn about music or get into it, then let them. Exactly. Because taking the music, taking music off of the curriculum, that's taking away a person's chance at success when it comes to music. Exactly. Which is not fa- which is not fair, of course. Nope. Because being successful at music can lead to other other avenues in life too. Absolutely. And you're never too young, and you're never and you're never too old to get into music. If someone's like. Well, I'm 75. I never got into music. You, you can now. Really? There's, no. there's never, there's never. It's never too late for it. Yes, you can. Exactly. It's never too late. Because, because even you can, either you can uh, learn from somebody, or you can teach yourself by looking at YouTube videos or, you know, stuff like that. Right. And so, the one thing that I've learned from life. You can you can accept somebody saying no to you, but don't accept them saying you can't do anything. Exactly right. That's a good one. Right, because you can always do something. Like that depends on the specific scenario. It may not be the right time, but there's always something in store in life for you. Because because going back to the whole braille music and braille in general, I never thought I would learn. I would learn how to. How to read and write, read and write in Braille, but I, I went through a program at a at a, a blind school and, and I learned how to do it. So, if I can do that, anybody can do anything. Right. Just put your mind to it. Exactly. Well, I don't, I don't know about about YouTube, but I love this conversation. I really did. Yep. Me too. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. I of course. really appreciate it. I'm glad that I could be on your podcast. And we're so and we're, and we're and we're so glad to have you. And like I said many times, and it will never get old. You are gifted and amazing and just inspiring to talk to. So thank you so much. You're welcome. And maybe next time you you're on, you can you be able to play something for us. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And we'll. And me and you and me and Haley will keep in touch with you and whenever you want to come back on, just let us know. Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. So if you enjoyed it, because if you don't, then I don't understand because we did. No, it's quite okay if you if if, if 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 you're not a fan. But hopefully you are. If you loved today's episode, please subscribe to Low Vision Technology, the podcast, on Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere else please subscribe to the low vision technology lbt youtube channel and like we said previously in this podcast in this episode 
everyone has a talent any type of skill is a talent and thanks for watching have a good one and enjoy the rest of your weekend take care bye bye